This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Friday, November 1st, 2019. And well, you know, there's been a lot of news this week. This was a week full of economic data and earnings reports, and of course, the Fed lowering rates. So it was a full, full week. And we're going to get into some of that, some of the stuff that came out this morning anyways. Things are always changing. The market had a great up day, so the week ended up positive. You you wouldn't have thought that yesterday when it was down, but nope. The market is on a date. You know, uh, an old friend of mine told me that on a day-to-day basis, and he may have read it somewhere, I don't know. On a day-to-day basis, the market acts like a, a spoiled child. And on a long-term basis, the market is very is an adult. It can be irrational on a short-term basis and very rational on a long-term basis. And that's how it works. So day-to-day-to-day, you got to just kind of take it, take it as it is. Just have to. I'm Steve Peasley, and I thank you for joining me today. And I certainly hope you'll give me a call because this is a call-in show, Invest Talk. We'll talk about anything about anything financial. Anything financial, we'll discuss it. Uh, as long as we move in that direction, I'm very content. And of course, you know, whatever you call, when you do call and whatever you want to talk about, you drive the direction of the show. And, and again, as I mentioned most, almost every day, it all is all about trying to achieve that goal of financial freedom. For all of us to get to that point... Well, we don't have to worry about money anymore. Wouldn't that be nice? So that's where we're going. Today, this hour, I'm going to do my best to get you there, but you got to do your part. Now, your part is to call and ask your questions. My number is right now, we're live at 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. And you do know I'll be in New York next week in about six days. That's Thursday and Friday. I'll be there both days. I do have a slot or two left if you want to meet with me. I'm kind of hoping they don't fill up because it gives me a little more time to do some sightseeing while I'm in New York. But be happy to meet with you people. Anybody out there who wants to be in New York at the same time I am, love to do it. And of course, you know, I, these are free con- portfolio reviews. You know, we talk talk about your financial situation, where you want to, where, what is your financial freedom goal, and how are you going to get there? So we talk about that. That's my main discussion point when we have these meetings. And today we have a you know a lot of things going on. Uh, we're the main talking point we're going to discuss today is a, a, taking a snapshot of the economy. The jobs report came out, 128,000 jobs were added in October. And that's just, despite the GM strike that just ended, which caused, you know, a blip. So we'll break it down. We'll get some details on that. Also got some other things. I want to also talk about uh, the ISM report. The ISM, Institute of Supply Managers. Remember, there's a lot of economic activity today, so I want to get to that. And is the market overvalued? Remember, the market has been in a bull market phase for 10 years, but is it overvalued? Because because the valuations depends on the earnings, does it not? 
the relationship of their or how much earnings per share to the share price that determines valuation. So is it overvalued? And we're going to talk about holiday spending, how to curb it. Many, many people can't stop themselves from spending. Well, there is a movement about that I want to talk to you about to help you curb your spending on holidays. So that's what we're going to discuss. Of course, you come first. Whatever you want to talk about comes first, not what I'm going to talk about. The market was up today. The Dow was up 301 points, the NASDAQ up 94, and the S&P up 29. The S&P is up a new high, the NASDAQ is at a new high, and the Dow isn't. But we're getting close. There's a very, you know, everything's being pushed up. So we'll get a clearer picture by next week. We'll know if we're on a new, new, new bull market leg. Interesting, isn't it? So, what did you want to talk about? The market. We're going to take a. We're going to take our listener line call. The number is always the same: eight 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 ninety nine chart. Hi, my name is Luis. I'm calling uh, regarding a ticker symbol INTC uh, Intel Corporation. I'm looking at the uh, revenue. It's grown over the last four years. What would be a good entry point on this stock? I look forward to the answer on the podcast. Thank you. Okay, let's take a look at uh, Intel. I mean, uh, I'm sure all of you know, you know what they make, chips, their chip maker. And uh, and like all chip makers, you know, they've had some hard times. They usually do. They, they're very cyclical. So you want to know what's a good entry point. And here it is right near its old high. This is its third attempt to crack above that old high. They had a high back in uh, May of last year. Then another high coming out of the December correction. That the now high was also that was interesting in May, and now it's there again, right around fifty six, fifty six, fifty, fifty seven, fifty eight dollars a share in that range. Okay, so what a good it went down to forty four, forty two to forty four three times, and bounced off. So there's your entry point back down there. If it falls down again and bounces off, then that's where your entry point. The other entry point is if it breaks above 58, then it's on a new bull leg, wherever it's going to go. So if it breaks above 58, you buy, or if it wait, you wait till it pulls back in the low, the um, kind of the mid 40s, maybe the low 40s, and then you buy it there. There's your buy points on Intel, and everybody knows they make chips, right? Microprocessors, and you know the stock is only at a PE ratio of 12, so it's not expensive. But it's not cheap either. It has gone down as low as 9 in the last 5 years. So 9 PE and as high as 16. And it's at 12 now. So it's right in the middle. Return to equity is very high at 30. 30%. That's pretty darn good. This is Invest Talk. Streaming live Monday through Friday in the 4 o'clock hour Pacific time hour. And of course available for, uh, as a free download and you know in, in, in a condensed version on podcast. Get, we cut out all the commercials. You can browse by topic at investtalk.com. And you can also download, rate, and review on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, any one of those. And now I'm taking your financial and investment questions, anything about money, live, 888-99-CHART. It's Friday, the weekend is here, or almost here for most people. 
The markets have been more than interesting, and you want and need unbiased investing guidance. You're in luck. Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Okay, so oil is up a dollar, $55 a barrel. Gasoline price is about the same nationwide. You know, it's always more here, $4.07 a gallon here in California. Two-year Treasury yield at uh, 1.55, the same as yesterday. The 10-year came down a tad to 1.71% from 1.73. We always watch to see if that's squeezing as it's coming together. Gold was up a buck, surprisingly. You know, that market was up very strong today and gold was up. The ISM number is at 48 in October. It was 47.8 in September, so it was better. But I want to get into that a little bit later on. The job participation rate is up to over 63%. And the new jobs added were pretty darn strong, the jobs report. And it was interesting. Spending on bars and entertainment was up. The, the part of the jobs report that wasn't very good was manufacturing. That's where the jobs were lost. The savings rate, savings rate is 7%. That's pretty high for us here in the United States. Seven percent. So, okay, uh, you know more on economy, more on our companies out there. Uh, you know the video streaming wars are getting hot. I call them wars because you know as of today, two more entry entrants, entries, uh, people ended. You know new companies. Apple, having spent six billion dollars to build its streaming service, came out today. Apple's streaming service. So, and of course, you know, we had the Disney, they're out. So, both those are adding, you know, going to fight with Netflix. Netflix added 43 new programs in its content roster this month, all by itself, just this month alone. There's going to be some battles here. There's going to be some fighting. And don't think that that's necessarily good for you, the investor. That means that, you know, profits are going to get squeezed because they're going to be competing hot and heavy. You know, the business of entertainment and the consumption of entertainment has changed dramatically. Streaming, bundling, you know, all that. No longer, you know, your cable line, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. cable TV, kind of going to be still there. I mean, it's still a big, major part of entertainment, but there's a lot of competition coming into that sphere. Anyway, so something to watch, really. I think it's going to be interesting. So one of the things the old line companies are doing, you know, the, the old Hollywood studios or the, the, the networks, they're, they're leasing studio production space to the new people, to the Disneys and to the, you know, uh, Amazons and to, you know, make their own content. That's the big move. They need content. That's Netflix's biggest problem. They need more content. Okay, we have time to squeeze in another call. Here's the question at 888-99-CHART. Hey, Justin or Steve. Uh, I was wondering if I could get your analysis on the stock SCHW, the Charles Schwab Corporation. I know they are the ones that initiated the uh, commission-free trades, and now they're doing fractional shares. So I know that they're probably the one that's best set up to uh, move forward. Yeah, I'm looking at this stock, and I was just wondering if I could get your uh, input on it as well. 
Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Okay, Schwab, Charles Schwab Corporation provides brokerage, banking, and financial services via 355 branches in 47 states. And everybody knew, knows that they took the lead a couple of weeks ago by slashing their trading costs for individuals down to zero. And then TD Ameritrade followed suit, and everybody, you know, jump on the bandwagon. And, you know, it's such a far cry from what it used to be. I mean, trading costs were hundreds of dollars a, sh- you know, a trade. Used to be when I was young. In 1999, it was like $25 a trade. It's been coming down and down and down and now it's zero. You know, so Schwab, you know, they, they figured out how to make money. Believe me, these guys, these companies make money. They don't have to charge that, that transaction fee. They make money in many different ways by the assets they have under uh, their roof, so to speak. How to manage it to make money with it. Make money with money. Uh, they're going to make two dollars and fifty-one cents next year. That's going to be less than this year, two sixty-nine. Might be because they're cutting out their trading fees. That's possible. Uh, it's a forty-one dollar stock, so you're looking at a you know a, a P of what eighteen, nineteen. Uh, I think that's kind of steep in this day and age. They pay a one point six percent dividend. Return equity is very good at eighteen percent. Cash flow is very strong. It's a good solid company. It's fifty. $5 billion size, so it's huge. The stock has been coming down slowly for months and months and months. Okay? Actually, it's been, what, from last year. You can peak at $60, $58, last year, and it's got as low as, what, $34? Let, uh, let me go to a one-year chart here instead of a three-year chart and update that. Yeah, today, uh, you know, as low as, yeah, right around 34. So it's a good, solid company. I just don't know if I'd be a buyer, not when they're slicing costs and competing so heavy. Not not for my cup of tea right now, just not. On the next Invest Talk, 55% of workers are choosing to keep their assets in their former employees' 41, 401k plan. 55%, that's crazy. At least a year ago into retirement. That should you do that? That story is going to be on Monday. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm taking your calls and questions at 888-99-CHART. This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley's New York City consultation trip is less than a week away. Yes, Steve Peasley will be sitting down with listeners to help them maximize the performance of their portfolios. Steve's personalized consultations are offered at no cost and with no obligation. Limited appointments remain. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. The phone lines are open. Steve and Justin welcome your investing questions. Call 888-99-CHART. Okay, our main talking point today um, was about the job market, the job report that came out for October. 128,000 jobs were added in October, and that's despite the GM strike. So, you know, remember the GM strike means people are off work, right? Um, That was about 20,000 people, by the way. 20,000 they lost on the payroll. So, the 120,000, the expectation was for only about 75 to 85,000. And actually, that 128,000 is actually kind of 
uh, it's a kind of misleading because we go back the previous two months and they added back in, added back in 95,000 more jobs. So what did that do to those? Okay, for, for August, it's 168,000 jobs. And for September, uh, 219,000. I'm sorry, August is where bump from 168,000 to 219 for August. And then for September, 136,000 to 180,000. Makes it look a lot different, doesn't it? And that GM strike, they said it reduced total employment by 42,000, 20,000 from the workers at GM, and but a total because it affects a lot more other people, right? So are we going to get those jobs back since they stopped striking? And... They didn't even count the 20,000 that were the, uh, the census, uh, workers that, that, uh, fell off the payroll. See, so the numbers, you gotta, you gotta be careful with the numbers. They revise them all the time. So it was a better report than anybody expected. And that's why the market went up 301 points on the Dow. It was telling us the economy may be a little bit stronger than we have been reporting on, or maybe it has bombed already. Maybe we've seen the damage. The damage we know is in the manufacturing sector. We are in a recession because there's been two quarters in a row where manufacturing has shrunk. Okay, so that is the definition of a recession. But the service sector is our main... That's we are known as a service service sector economy, not a manufacturing economy, and the service sector is still a, uh, in a positive mode. It has shrunk, but it's still showing positive growth. So, you now those are those are the facts. It's hard, hard to get away from the facts. Okay, um, let's see. Our next investor, uh, on the next investor, 55% of the workers are choosing to keep their assets in 401k. I mentioned that before the break. It's kind of important. Oh, and I need to remind you um, about daylight savings time, right? Uh, the clocks go back over the weekend. It's time of the year to turn them back. So you get to sleep an extra hour this weekend. You do. That's great. Okay, let's go to another caller. The line is 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. This is Jeff from Reno, Nevada. Um, love your show. Long-time listener, first-time calling. Uh, I got a question about ConocoPhillips, ticker symbol C-O-P. Uh, we were originally going to use a little bit of our uh, investment with uh, this company for some uh, just some leisurely expenses in January. And... Well, I was holding on to it because it started to go up, and I had set a limit uh, to sell at $60. But uh, as soon as I did that, it just started to drop and drop and drop. I wasn't quite sure if with the holidays coming up, maybe we might see it creeping back up to at least 60 Or if you think that maybe I should lower that limit a little bit or go ahead and just dive into it now before it plummets even more considering all the stuff going on politically and around the world stuff. Anyway, I'd love to hear your thoughts and thank you very much. 
Well, it looks, this is ConocoPhillips, COP is a symbol, engaged in exploration and production of crude oil and natural gas in 16 countries, $63 billion company, so it's very large. Recent sales have been shrinking a little bit because the world economy has been shrinking, right? That's why. Sales, earnings are going to be down. 2018, where the big year was $4.54 a share. Uh, this year, it's going to be estimated to be three sixty nine a share. Next year, three sixty six a share. I have a feeling it might be getting close to its you know buy point. Uh, around fifty dollars a share is its bottom, which it did that in August in late August. Went up to sixty one dollars a share in middle of September. Back down to fifty two dollars a share in October, and today it's at fifty seven. So it looks like that is a bottom. Somewhere between 50 and 52 is the bottom. And it's at 57. So I I would, uh, I, I, I don't see a problem buying this at this stage. I really don't. Okay, we saw the good news in the jobs market, right? The jobs report. And as we go to break, here's a trivia question. How many people are currently in the U.S. labor force? And what was the size of our labor force back in 2010? And how about 1979? I'll give you the answers after this break. And now I'm taking your investment questions at 888-99-CHART. You know what my husband and I really want? I mean, after years of working and saving and investing, we want financial freedom. Financial freedom to do and live as we want. But our old 401k plan? It's out of date. It can't truly be working for us. You're listening to someone who would benefit from a personalized portfolio review. The kind of unbiased advice and sensible investment strategies offered in a no-cost preliminary consultation by KPP Financial. Sure, we feel confident about some of our investment decisions over the years, but retirement will get here someday, and we should cover our bases now. Get a valuable second opinion on your current financial picture. And KPP Financial doesn't impose unnecessary products or services, so you can make informed decisions with your money. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking and shared success. KPP Financial. Okay. This is Invest Talk, and we are all watching the markets go up, then down. So now, more than ever, you need unbiased investing guidance. Steve Peasley is here taking your questions live. Call 888 99Chart. 888 So I asked a trivia question before the break, and the question was How many people are currently in the U.S. labor force? U.S. labor force, and what was it back in, let's say, 2010 and 1979? Those, I have those, those numbers. So the labor force is the number of people available for work. To determine the size of labor force, you sum up or add the number of, of employed and unemployed persons. Okay. As of October 2019, the U.S. labor force is about 164 million people. 164 million, 364,000. 164 million. Okay, and our unemployment rate is at right now 3.6%, and that's a 50-year low. Well, I think it went to 3.7 today, did it? In March of 2010, okay, from remember, it was it's 164 million now. In March of 2010, so we're talking about nine years ago, 
Unemployment rate peaked at 9.9%, and it was 153 million. So 164 down to 153. That's what it was. 1979, it was 105. And the unemployment rate, by the way, in 1979 was 5.9%. How about across the world? How many workers are there? What's the, where's the biggest? Who has the largest labor force? You can guess. China, 806 million. Remember, we're 164. India, 521 million. Remember, we're only 164. We're the largest economy by far, right? So our workers are a lot more productive. European Union, 238 million. So the entire European Union, all of Europe. Then the United States, 160 million. Then Indonesia, 125. Russia, 76 million. And Japan, 65 million. So it gives you an idea of the size of things. So we don't have as many people, nearly as many people as some other countries, but our people are much more efficient. We're wealthier. I think that's interesting. James in New York. How are you doing, James? I'm doing good. How are you this evening? I am good. I appreciate your call. Yes, I look forward to meeting you in person uh, next week, in fact. Uh, I understand you're going to be in New York. Great. Great. Look forward to seeing you. Yeah, I look forward to it. But um, I was wondering about uh, BTS. Unfortunately, uh, taking a bit of a loss on it, and I was thinking um, around the end of the year, uh, might be good to sell that just to, you know, harvest uh, some losses in December. Okay, well, uh, yeah, that's always a good, uh, good, good thought. When you know, if you have some gains that you want to offset, not pay taxes on. BGS is BGS Foods. Everybody manufactures self-stable foods products such as jellies, hot sauces, sold in the U.S. and Canada. It's it's a billion dollar size company. They're going to make a dollar eighty one this year, dollar eighty eight next year. After making a dollar eighty three last year, year before they make two dollars eleven cents. That's all per share. And one of the things is they sold off a, a larger a part of them some time ago, and they're that's why some of the sales are going down, by the way. But they also picked up a two other companies that are growing faster, but it hasn't made up the difference yet. Uh, I find it's interesting that a lot of hedge fund James owns BGS. I was looking at it just the other day. There's quite a quite a bit of hedge fund interest in this, and usually they're supposed to be the smart people. So I'm thinking, you know, it has a really high, a real high dividend. I'm not sure it can continue to pay almost a 12 percent dividend. I don't think that. It, I don't think they can do that. It's a 15 dollar, 16 dollar stock, making a dollar 88. So. Yeah, they would be their, their dividends probably going to get cut, but I do think it's a pretty good value play. They have not in danger of going out of business or anything, and I think this is. I'm thinking that maybe they finally hit near a bottom. I'd give it a little shot, a little time. I'd like to see it go up a, a point or two before I jump in. But I, I think you, you know, I think you probably need to hold on to it till at least the end of the year and see if it's worthwhile for you to take your loss or is it starting to recover. That's what I would wait for. James, appreciate the call. I look forward to seeing you in New York. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. The K- thank you, you too. The KPP Premium Newsletter was distributed today to all the subscribers and all the clients. And, of course, I try to pack up full of information. This week was really busy with a lot of economic statistics and a lot of things going on. So 
I really had to I really had to hustle to get all the information in a nice concise way and understandable way get it all in there but I think I did it um, so the calendar you know there was a lot of economic numbers and then you had the Fed lowering the interest rate and you know the Fed lowering the interest rate the market goes down right uh, and then you had you know the jobs report you know which is one of the biggest reports everybody waits for and that came out this morning the market went up from that. Then you had a little rumor that maybe that Chinese deal, the Chinese are not too confident about. Remember I told you that that maybe the Chinese, you know, may not trust President Trump, even if they may come up with the deal. And, that, and they happened to mention that yesterday or the day before market went down. So, you know, there was, there was a lot of information the market was digesting. So... That's what we talk about in the first section, just the first section of the newsletter. There's a portfolio management section, and I talk about assets and different asset classes and how much you should have in each of those asset classes. And what are the problems with some of them? What are the benefits of some of them? Um, you know, because everybody's all, when, when, when everything does very well, everybody gets all excited and wants to jump in it. And, that's like the housing bubble, right? I mean, everybody thought, oh, that's where, that's where you can make a fortune. Jump in and look what happens. You can't, you got to be more, you can't let greed get in the way and you can't let fear get in the way of your decisions. You know, be more, you know, be more careful about what you're And that's what the, the portfolio section, portfolio management section was about. Stock ideas, I focused on uh, a big, um, a big drug company that I kind of liked, uh, and it makes pharmaceutical products primarily in the cardiovascular disease, a- asthma, cancer, infectious disease, and it pays a 2.54 dividend, kind of like that. And then an oil and gas company I put in there. That, that, you know, that, just two companies I think that maybe you should have on your watch list. And that's what I do on the, every week on the newsletter. I give you two companies to have on your watch list. You know, not necessarily go out and buy them today, but here's some good reasons that this looks pretty solid to me and might be a good one to keep on your watch list and decide at the proper time to buy it. So that's what the newsletter did. Now, I did have, I do have one more section that was the, um, of course, the, um, uh, the section on Consumer Watch. Uh, anyway, this is there's there's a lot of information there. You can subscribe to the newsletter if you wish. You go to investtalk.com and after subscribing, you can you'll get the report every Friday, each Friday in your email box. It'll be there. Uh, you know, and if this information raises any questions on your mind, I encourage you to reach out and give me a call, send me an email, or me or Justin, and we'll answer all our all questions. We are very diligent about that. You can call our Irvine office. Or just send us an email, a question on our, at investtalk.com. Okay, let's keep things moving. Here's another caller question, 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve or Justin. This is Joseph in Greenville, South Carolina. love the podcast. I have a question regarding um, like a Roth IRA. So I heard one one of the recent episodes that you were talking about capital gains, and I just want to make sure that Roth IRAs are exempt from capital gains tax. And so if that's the case, does it make more sense to be more aggressive in a Roth IRA, knowing that the potential for upside, you could have less 
tax consequence on a larger gain, if that makes sense. Listen for you guys' answers on the podcast. Thanks so much. Bye. Okay, yeah. Um, uh, um, both in a Roth IRA, a regular IRA, 401k, none, there is no tax consequences, tax consequences from buying and selling. So you can have capital gains and capital losses. You can't take the loss and you can't take the gain. You have to leave them in, your, uh, in there and you'd have to pay no taxes whatsoever. And the answer is yes. If you're going to be more a more active trader in, and you want to be more active, it'd be smarter to be more active in a Roth or a regular IRA than in a, a non-tax exempt IRA or non-tempt exact account. Because, you know, there's no tax consequences. You know, you can, you can take a ton of capital gains and you don't have to pay any taxes on it. So the smarter thing would be if you have in your mind, I'm going to be more active trader with these groups of stocks, then that would be smarter to put them that group of stocks and trade them in an IRA or Roth IRA. If you're, if you're just going to be a buy and holder or core holdings, that would be better in like maybe an individual account because you know you're not going to be buying and selling and triggering capital gains. Okay, that makes sense. Good question, though, and good thinking. Appreciate that. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Okay, the ISM, Institute Supply Management, came in at 48.3%. That was for October, and it was 47.8% in uh, the month before, which would have been September. They expected it to be 49, so it came in a little light. Maybe one of the reasons might be the GM strike, because that... You know, the effects, institutes of supply managers, those people are the guys that buy products, buy the raw materials, buy different goods and to, 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 for their companies to make things. And, of course, GM wasn't making much because there was all on strike. So my point is it's below 50 is shrinkage, and it's at 48.3. And the service sector, uh, the ISM service sector, because this is the ISM manufacturing sector, is above 50. So as long as it, you know, that that indicates growth or shrinkage above or below 50%. And so the service sector is still above it. Now, the other question I have for you, is the market overvalued? Is it overvalued? Hmm. We'll see. I think it is. And I'll give you my reasons here in a minute. Uh, let's Let's talk about some more data on individual companies. Um, remember vaping? Everybody is vaping. It's going to do whatever you're going to do. Maybe stop you from smoking. That was a big selling point and everything. Altria is having second thoughts about it. And I don't know why they're having second thoughts. They should have had first thoughts. The first thing I thought of when I heard about vaping is it's just going to cause more lawsuits eventually. They pumped $12.8 billion into Juul, the vaping company that vapes, in December 2018. And they gave them 35% stake in the company. And now Autry has taken a $4 billion right down on that investment, meaning they think they're going to lose money on the investment. They decided to write it down. Not the whole thing, but some of it. And they cut their stakes because the number of deaths linked to vaping has damaged Juul's prospects. Well, of course it was going to happen. Just like these marijuana stocks, everybody. You mark my words. Please mark my words today. Someday, 
marijuana people are going to start suing all these marijuana manufacturers because it caused cancer or whatever else. Remember, you're breathing in that same carcinian type stuff, smoke in your lungs. It's going to cause damage. Watch, market my words. They're going to have a lot of tracked a lot of a lot of lawsuits like Altria and Philip Morris, all those tobacco companies did. So. Just be aware that that's the danger when you're buying these stocks. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley, and there's there are really only two emotions of that drive that drive any market, any investor, any any participant in the stock market, and that's fear and greed. Okay, fear and greed. And let me focus on fear a second. The truth is that many investors experience fear when they are unsure of just how much of their portfolio valuation to put at risk. How much money should you put at risk? That's really what everybody should be concerned about. So you need to put the amount that won't cause you fear. In other words, you're comfortable. Of course, we have a tool to measure that called the risk allies. It measures your fear, basically, of how much you can lose and how much you can gain and try to figure out, well, what is where is that point where you're okay with investing in the market? And what does that mean when you get that appointment? And that's what this whole is about. You take the test. It scores you from 0 to 100. A score of 80 is the risk of, of the S&P 500. And then we see what your portfolio has in relationship to that. And then it just helps you understand what risk you're taking. You can take the little questionnaire. It's very short on investtalk.com. Investtalk.com. It's called Riskalyze. Okay, I'm taking your questions live right now. 888-99-CHART. Oh, okay. No, I thought we had to take a break. I'm sorry. Okay, is the market overvalued? Remember, I wanted to touch on that. I think it is. When you look at stocks, what's interesting is not as overvalued as it was a year ago. It's less overvalued, but it's still overvalued any way you look at it. You know, uh, you can look at it price to book, P.E. ratio, price to earnings, price to sales, uh, are the cap ratios one I like to uh, to look at, which is a, a, a modified P.E. ratio, looking at 10 years worth of earnings and comparing it with the price. Anyway, you look at those, there those those numbers are elevated, uh, telling us that the stock prices are overvalued. Are they extremely overvalued? Probably not. Probably not. It's not at the extreme. But we're talking about a P.E. ratio that's probably closer to around 18 than 15. That's a normal P.E. ratio is around 15. And right now, we're closer to 18. This is Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. We have one goal here, that always to help you achieve that financial freedom goal. That's what we want, financial freedom. And, of course, we'll continue this work right after this break. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. On the next Invest Talk, 55% of workers are choosing to keep their assets in their former employer's 401k plan for at least a year into retirement. Should you do this too? That story Monday. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, and he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve 
888-99-CHART. Uh, hey guys, Ben from New York here. I have a question about Yamana Gold, which is ticker symbol A as in Apple, U as an umbrella, Y as in yellow, A-U-Y. I actually forgot that we had this. Uh, we have two positions in it, and we're up 33%. I haven't been following the market over the past two to three weeks just because we've been super busy. I know gold was growing for a while there. Would you just say uh, bail out, you know, take your, take your profits and get out, or is this something worth holding? Thanks, guys. Take care. Okay, Yamada Gold. It's a pretty small company. Only, uh, you know, it's a, well, it's not. It's, it's a small cap. Three point four billion. Uh, the stock price is only three dollars sixty cents, but only makes eleven cents a share this year and nineteen cents a share next year. And so, it's a play on gold. Do you think gold prices are going to go up? It's as simple as that. It's a company, a Canadian company, engaged in mining and exploring for gold and silver properties in, you know, Canada, uh, probably other places, but doesn't list them. Um, so, do you think gold's going up? Now, this stock and back in 2016 was at five or six dollars. Today, it's at three sixty. I can see it easily going back up there. I can. It's hitting some resistance right here, and the the the, the where it is right now. But uh, I think my personal opinion is I think gold has another run now. Um, I, I worry about picking an individual gold stock because they can individually they can go up or down. I mean, gold it gold has some weird weird kind of things when you're buying a gold mining company because they could sell the gold in the ground forward. In other words, they can sell next year's production today at today's price. So even if the price goes up of gold. They, the company won't benefit because they already sold it at a certain price today. So you got to see how much gold they sold forward, or did they do any of that? You know, so that's why I mean it's kind of weird. You have to kind of understand what company, you know, what that particular company's doing. Um, I frankly think you hold on to it. I think you're going to another. I think you're going to get another run in gold. I think it's just consolidating right now, and I think it'll go up. That's my personal feeling. I could be wrong, but that's what I think. Anyways, um, okay, holiday spending. That has been the biggest problem for people. People, you know, you get trapped into the sales, the Black Friday, Black Monday, I don't know, whatever they call them. I don't do, I don't do any of that stuff. Was that Black Friday and Cyber Monday? Is that what it's called? Well, there's a movement out there called No Spending November. And what it is, is people trying to cut back on their holiday spending. And how they're doing it is they, they're trying to, this gaining popularity, by the way, they're trying to convince people don't spend any money other than what you normally spend in November. Don't buy Christmas presents. Don't buy anything uh, you know, that you, would, you, you, you need to buy for Christmas. Just stay with your normal spending like it was October. And then December you spend because then you have less time and you spend less money. And you avoid black the sales on Black Friday and Cyber Monday because, you know, you're not spending any money in November. So the movement, and it's pretty popular apparently. It's gaining popularity anyways. Uh, you know, I'm, I, my problem is I know I have relatives that, that do that, that shop heavily on Black Friday and Cyber Monday. But uh, me and my wife, we, we've never even considered getting in those crowds. That makes no sense to us at all. Who wants to get in those crowds? 
But anyways, if you're in the if you're trying to save money, that would be one way. You kind of trick yourself into the cutting back spending by saying I won't spend any money in November for the holidays, except for maybe Thanksgiving. You gotta buy a turkey. Everybody's gotta buy. It. I mean, it's Thanksgiving. One of my favorite. That is my favorite holiday. Thanksgiving, by the way. 888-99-CHART, 888-992-4278. Next week, we're not going to have nearly the amount of economic data we had this year, this week. Not going to happen because all of it came out this week. So don't uh, don't freak out about that. But what next week we'll do because our where our markets, our indices are trying to break up through support and to new highs we the S&P did it the Nasdaq did it but we'll see if they can keep that rolling and that's what they have to do break up the new highs and maintain it keep going then we'll have a new bowl lake of the market I'm Steve Peasley and this completes another Invest Talk program Justin Klein will be here on Monday and of course I'll return on Tuesday but remember I'll be traveling to New York Wednesday Thursday Friday of next week so please tell your friends to listen to the show, family members, everybody. We'd love to have everybody listen. Let's get them involved, everybody. they got to think about their own money. Anyways, go to investtalk.com. Listen to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. Appreciate that. And have a great weekend. Good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.